Hi, I'm Ricardo Deacon. Hi, <laughs> Marla McNeilis. And welcome to a very special episode of the Recommendation Game. A special episode with no guests, uh, because this is a special episode because it Just is for me and you. one year birthday. Not our one year in Dublin Digital Radio, it's one year since we started the podcast. Yes. So, um, uh, yes, November 2016. <laughs> Nothing bad oh, <yeah>. happened then. <laughs> one week before. <laughs> One week before the the point of no return, let's say. <laughs> um, first of all, uh, welcome to Recommendation Game. This is a film of the week podcast where we take turns to pick a movie that the other person hasn't seen. And then we meet week. to discuss it. But this week, uh, Orla picked a movie we both have seen uh, many times. It is Children of Men from 20, 2006. <laughs> like I'm so used to saying know, 20 I years. I do that all the time. So... 2006 <laughs> the last decade uh, directed by alfonso cuaron uh, produced by hillary shore ian smith tony smith mark abraham and eric newman screenplay by everyone <laughs> yeah alfonso cuaron timothy j sexton david arata mark fergus and hawk osby based on the children of men by pd james well not really i don't think yeah, I haven't <laughs> read the book, but because why do you need to read the book when you've seen this movie? Um, starring Clive Owen, Julian Moore, Claire Hope Ashite, Michael Caine, and Chitwell Ejiofor. Uh, music by John Tavener. Cinematography by Emmanuel Lubeski. <laughs> <laughs> this is when Lubeski was cool. I know, we'll get to that. Edited by Alex Rodriguez and Alfonso Cuaron. Uh, the synopsis is, uh, when infertility threatens mankind with extinction and the last child born has perished, a delusioned, a delusioned bureaucrat... Disillusioned. Disillusioned bureaucrat becomes the unlikely champion in the fight for the survival of Earth's population. He must face down his own demons and protect the planet's last remaining hope from danger. <laughs> Jesus! The action movie that this never was. Like, if you just add water to that, that is the description of Waterworld, not of the fucking Children of Men. Yeah, I mean, Snowpiercer's synopsis wasn't quite as bad as that. As misguided as that, I think. It's like the the road school are trying to sell movies for what they are not. Um, So, Orla, why did you pick this movie? Um, It took me a long time to decide the film to pick because I, I had kind of like you know I had I was going to go down the traditional route of picking something you hadn't seen and then I was like no I want to do something that's kind of special I think uh, and I think this this film is kind of um, special for both of us and I think both of us would put it into or kind of top films of um, the you know like the first years of uh, the uh, 21st century um, I hadn't seen it in bloody ages and I find a lot of the time that that whenever it's something that you kind of watched, like I first watched this probably in like the very start of college or something, and back when I probably had less of a critical eye, um, and I was very curious to see. I'd seen it since, but I was curious. Well, this is it was two years before we started college. Yeah, like so, well, I didn't see it when it came out though. Oh, okay. But I remember we had it in DVD, and I think I I may have watched it maybe before college, but either way, around like maybe two thousand seven, two thousand eight. And uh, I was kind of curious to watch it again, kind of in the way like uh, I was saying last week about Michael Clayton and, you know, these sort of films that you watch at a, at a time when you're very impressionable. And 
you know it's interesting to revisit them and and to see do they do they hold up do they you know are are they are they still not just good films but in terms of something like this does it still hold relevance and that is something um interesting about this film that it had this weird resurgence since last year um which also makes it kind of poignant for a for a pick for our one year anniversary is that around the time of 2016 election this film got like a spate of articles written about it and how are we living in our own version of the beginning of a children of men kind of thing which i think is it's an interesting you know we've talked before about films gaining relevancy as time goes on and and the circles of history and everything but um time is a flat circle (laughs) yes um um and i think there's definitely something to to discuss about that but um i do think this movie holds up and uh I watched a really, really good copy of it because it's been on Blu-ray and 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 uh, obviously this is a very well shot movie as well. So, uh, but it just looks, it still looks incredible, and um, I think it has just a lot of elements that a good sci-fi or good dystopian film needs. And like one of the 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 main things of that is is world creation, like the creation of a believable world and. A lot of the time I find that it, it's the worlds that are not so far removed from our own. And even though this is, like obviously when it came out, not very far into the future, it reminds me of something like Black Mirror where it's just beyond us. just And yeah. you can see... Just over the horizon. Yeah, and you can really see not just how now it seems so poignant, but that like there's interesting interviews with um, Alfonso Cuaron uh, then and now and how people are kind of like oh you know do you think it's crazy that it came true and he says that well no because everything that's in that movie was completely foreseeable in 2006 and before like you know even things like infertility and what causes it and the idea of like outbreaks and that kind of thing um so i think that this film is not about um creating like insane technology or or um it's it's devoid of that really for for a kind of a, a science fiction film which is is very interesting i think and the, just the, the sheer level of detail that exists within every single frame of this film is absolutely fascinating. And I think that along with the other good elements like um, like very, very good characters and um, very good villains as well, I think. Um, and the being able to have the interesting themes of um, like, the, like the political and the kind of social aspects of it. And it's just it's doing all these things incredibly well. And it, it very much lends itself to rewatches as well. Um, so... Yeah, I, I just, I mean, it's such a heartbreaking film as well, obviously. Like, heartbreaking rather than, than just depressing, I think. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just thought there'll be loads to talk about here. So, um, I just, it's just such a great movie. Like, every time it ends, I'm just like, it really, it really feels like a film that will hold up as yeah. as the years go on, I think. And it's still holding up, like, more than 10 years later. So, um, yeah, I'm curious. Well, how did you feel on its rewatch? Well, on the rewatch, I haven't seen it in about two or three years now, and I don't know why I left it so long, because it is one of those movies like uh, that I mentioned to you, like Inside Llewyn Davis or Zodiac or something that yeah. I'll just be thinking one day, and it's like, oh, shit, I love that movie. I know, kind of yeah, that, it pops into your head, and yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, that movie. <laughs> and, um, like, uh, to begin with, like, my history with the, the movie, I went to see it in the cinema uh, oh, the first cool. time, uh, based on the marketing more than anything uh because uh, i hadn't seen anything with clive owen didn't it come out at christmas uh, it came out like uh, christmas day or something I, I can't remember when it came out but like i don't know when it came out like here, winter but, kind of yeah. uh, uh, scenario 
But I remember watching the trailer and it had like really cool soundtrack, like that kind of, you know, it was fucking 50 or school or something that I was like really taking oh good music looks cool very 28 yeah. days later and I, I thought that I was gonna watch something like 28 days later and then you have like posters that's like oh please uh, the last one to die turn off the lights yeah. kind of thing and uh, I went to it and I enjoyed it but I didn't really like it I was like oh yeah it was grand wasn't what you were expecting and uh, not at all it was like uh, <laughs> I, I, I got what people said when they watched the road yeah. That because they were expecting something else, they they were disappointed by the movie that they got rather than the movie that it is because it was sold as something else. And looking back, like I actually looked at the trailer again since, and it's a very fair trailer to be honest. It's just that my perception of movies and what a film was and what a Hollywood film was in particular yeah. or a studio film was was completely different to what it is now. My understanding of filmmaking and film in general. So. For one, I didn't fucking, like, understand really, like, long shots or whatever. Like, I would have watched, like, shit like Terrence Malick, Kubrick, and not understand why I, why I loved them, but they were, like, artistics. But I w- wasn't able to really uh, deal with the subtleties of the filmmaking that Children of Men has, because, like, Malick and Kubrick are really fucking on your face kind of thing and yeah. even though this has like really long shots they're like hidden almost you know the it doesn't go like here comes a long shot yeah kind of what Berman and what Lubezki fucking ended up fucking becoming <sighs> so sad but the 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 thing with uh this movie as well that i feel is that it's incredibly relevant to what it is what's happening now but is the the things that are not really like there is just the things of the gray world building etc that you mentioned and also how the movie shot and the themes etc that gets uh, a lot of praise but i think that the movie has a lot of things besides those things that uh, are not mentioned as much that i think is equally good for mm-hmm. one i have no idea how that many writers can make such a coherent screenplay yeah and such a <clears throat> subtle screenplay and there's no filler yeah. in this film and even like the decision for theo never to stop drinking yeah the any other movie would be like once he takes the decision to fucking uh save the world or whatever uh, he'll um he'll take over the he'll stop drinking to make sure that he's always alert no he's just fucking there like pouring more fucking that, whiskey, whiskey into yeah. into the whiskey is in his coat for the entire movie but, like up until when he she delivers her yeah, baby because he, he has to use has the, the last bit of, yeah. uh, of the whiskey but uh, it's he's also, not losing it like he's... But, but also like character wise if you think about it it'd be kind of fucking stupid to to stop drinking there it's like yeah oh, i want to go al- to the man's yeah, an alcoholic i want to like... go through withdrawal symptoms while <laughs> yeah. trying to pretend to be like simpatico with the police but the, the thing that i realized in this watch why i really love this movie is because it's so small yeah it has a huge canvas but as a movie it is like as small as it can be it's like three characters really yeah not even that it's two characters really yeah and what it how he uses those characters to talk about society and the villains and the heroes is a hugely both a realistic uh, approach to humanity in the sense of like self-interest and self-survival and the, the mm. fact that it's like it's not only about saving the world it's about taking the credit for saving the world etc 
but also uh, the the basic humanity of good people and simple people is something that really shines through this movie that I think that is a humanist movie, but one that is very uh, uh, honest honest on the flaws of humanity as well. It shows really like uh, how badly things can turn. And also what I loved about the world building that you mentioned is uh, not only the attention to details, the fact that they don't really uh, go on too much about it, how we got here. It's kind yeah. of like It's everything all just in, in the background. Yeah. Yeah. And even like the, the detail is that this movie has the other song, like the opening scene when you have... Uh, the 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 news that baby ricardo has died that you <laughs> baby ha- ricardo baby diego baby diego was well, diego ricardo sorry oh uh, okay uh, baby diego has died uh, in the crawl in the bottom that doesn't get mentioned again it's like killer gets pummeled to death by crowd yeah and it's like or fucking... even in like the like this one i really noticed it um because i had such a good version of it like it was bloody amazing um that because uh, I think I think mostly I'd only ever seen it on the DVD version that was like you know it was it was fine but it wasn't like a proper restored um, um, Blu-ray version of it that whenever he whenever they first take him and he's in like the newspaper pasted yeah like there's loads of like Russia drops nuclear bomb and like yeah. all the different reasons for why the refugees are moving yeah. is all over the walls Britain soldiers but, oh yeah I love that and it's like you know all the other places that have fallen but like that's never said it's just it's there in all of and then like even whenever you go to um um because obviously there there, it's there's certain like more kind of expository parts of it say if you're when they're setting up jasper say but like like i honestly think that this film is some of the best art department yeah like that that's whenever he's wearing um the london 2012 yeah fleece i thought actually might be one of my favorite art department choices of all time because it's just so perfect so inspired and also also that it's like within the the lore of this movie that it's been three years since babies uh stop being born because it's 2009 that baby so they still fucking held the olympics when the world is collapsing kind of thing yeah and yeah like it's but there's another another thing as well, actually, just within that of of um, of of the subtle little um, art department things as well, like just within word building is is like he has a sh- his shirts have like two buttons, yeah, and it's like two, each each button has a, like there's two buttons where one button will be, and I was like, I was like, is that just his shirts or is that like? a shirt in the future thing yeah you know like these little tiny little details and like of the strange like britishness of it as well of like the the little traditions of things that are held on like the bbc but it's not called the bbc it's called the bcc you know it's like just these the the subtle but it's never in your face it's always just yeah like the keep keep calm and carry on kind of attitude uh, britain soldiers on yeah and also the the idea that is like the government that is putting all these bombs kind of like to like the after the the fish kind of okay and it's kind of they've never done that before yeah but but it's also the fact that it's depending on how you see the movie or who you are you believe julian moore there or not because also obviously there is a plot behind her leadership of the fish yeah and also like the 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 more i watch it the more like the little details that is like the the polish guy that is like oh my wife is a cod and it's like what's a fucking cod and it's like a british fish (laughs) and it's all these little details that like lesser movies wouldn't have per se but then again, is that everything is like 
Theo's kind of journey. Like, really, it's about a man getting over the death of his son. Yeah. But using that as, like, humanity giving up, like, uh, we're discovering the fact that they still can do good, you know, that it's not completely hopeless, you know. It's yeah. the, the, the bleakest hopeful film that... It's like half the movie is a Kubrick movie and the other half is a Frank Capra movie. <laughs> you know, like, uh, even in the little scenes. There's, there's some, like, very small, very funny little moments. Oh, yeah. Like, the, you know... Fucking Danny the... Houston crotch-hacking. <laughs> like, like, he's just, like, fucking <laughs> using his penis to say his lines in every fucking, like... But I just love her, like... Like, him and her, like, uh, Clive Owen and... Uh, and what's her name? What's her name? Claire Hope Ashton, is that her? Yeah. yeah. Um, and like, you know, her just saying, she's like, I want to call the baby Froley. <laughs> like, I was just like, you can't call him Froley. Like, this is so, yeah, you know, this is so ridiculous. You know, and like just these tiny little moments and like their whole relationship and how it begins with her having to like reveal her secret to him. And he's just like, oh my God, what are you doing? And like the, the like the strange bond that Julianne Moore almost orchestrates by yeah. telling her to trust him and in the end him like taking her on and trusting her and also how like straight away you see that once they go past the fact that like obviously it's hard for them to be together because it brings the memory of the their son their dead son but also like even just the reveal when the Michael Caine is describing how why Dylan died. That oh it's like, God, oh, he had the, the little whole... eyes and, and little arms like and little legs. Yeah, out of focus. And you just it spend the entire all, time. And it's in... slowly moving in on Clive Owen's face. But like in the begins there, as well, like, they're talking the... about like fate <clears throat> and uh, fate and Choices luck. Choices and... Uh, fate and luck uh, and how... Uh, like it was fate that, uh, that brought meant, them together because yeah. it's their belief if, but it was fate that they were there but it was luck that they bumped into each other and a million people protest they were there together kind of thing and you see like happiness in Theo's face because even though Julian Moore is that is the first time that he's kind of remembering the good times instead of like getting blocked by Dylan really mm. and then it comes back the, the ghost of of his son that like reflects the death of all children really in the movie but what i think that is the genius of this movie above everything else is the script because something like the 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 naming that you mentioned there is absolutely planted in the screenplay what is gonna happen that she's gonna call him dylan at the end yeah as clive owen holds his guts as he dies (laughs) and uh, just before he dies and gets like the the little smile and then dies and the thing is that like great screenwriting absolutely great screenwriting like this is that you don't notice the plant yeah but it, it, it and then in the end when yeah. it happens you're like oh but that's the thing is like you didn't notice it before I, I sat watching movies where people going like uh Oh, this uh, is important this is gonna come up later no like I, I've been sitting watching movies with people before that right before let's say in a moment like this uh, right before uh, she says Dylan they go oh she's gonna name him Dylan and then uh, they name Dylan and they go oh see I should be a screenwriter because <laughs> it's like it's no, like, no be it's because <laughs> the, the job was done like you didn't realize the 
the plant and I didn't either and nobody like because you're so engrossed in the characters and everything and as well because it's so subtly planted and it's done as a joke and like when you plant something as a joke it just hides it so well and that's the genius of this movie even like on talking about uh, being in the back of the bus or whatever that it is all done like kind of jokingly and then she gets up but this is our stuff like he yeah. goes like oh <laughs> typical you always walk, walk away, away. <laughs> that he has this like little fucking sheepish look to him going like oh and, like Clive Owen was brilliant and closer but you know, every time that I see you children of men I'm like so disappointed of where his career has gone because he hasn't done yeah. anything as good as this or closer you know like no. in the, the level of performance and he has it in him to be like one of the best actors generations but obviously he hasn't gotten the roles maybe because of like the directors or yeah. I don't know but... I mean like he's he's good in the neck but no it's just nowhere the character just doesn't have anywhere to go like it was a very like one note maybe two note character well the typical post madman kind of pseudo donald draper that is like you just change the addiction and like the flawed genius is the the problem fucking madman the yeah but um i I really really like clive owen anyways um he's just like i've read of of uh all the other actors that were considered for this. And I'm, I was just like, no, oh my God, Clive Owen was so perfect. And he, not even just because he is so British as well. And there is yeah. something very British about this film that I think um, really works to its credit. Um, I think it's the perfect setting for it. I yeah. think Britain is like England is one of the, um, is one of the few things that they saved from the original book and the kind of the general idea of infertility or whatever. But um I mean, there there's just so many shots where, like the one in the kitchen, where it's him in the foreground dying, like, and all there's just all these things going on in the background, like the one whenever um they bury Julianne Moore, yeah, and like you know the what's her name is there doing her fucking crazy hippie shit, and you know and they're there and they're like sorting everything out in the car and stuff. And like he's just you know there and he's like he drops the cigarette and he's like completely breaking down. And then it's like you know just like that oh no you got to go now. But it's like this perfect very distant juxtaposition as well of like how far he goes to get away from them. And also the fact that he has to get the timing perfectly because he has to start breaking down when the car comes in and everything that is not. Oh the orchestration. He has to do all of this and seem absolutely like there is no one moment in this movie that I, like also like Charlie Hunnam is brilliant in this movie. Who's that? Charlie Hunnam. Fucking Charlie Hunnam from Sons of Anarchy and like fucking Who's him? The guy with the dreadlocks. Oh my god, is that him? Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Oh my god, I did not recognize him. Yeah, because him. he's so good in it. Where he's like fucking oh, when you when oh you're doing anything, he's my we're going to be cousin. Yeah. When you're taking a piss, we'll be watching. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't realize that was him. Oh my god, that's gas. That's so funny because even like um, Chimichel. It was actually uh, to. Uh, I'll be completely honest. Did you look he, that up? <laughs> no, uh, I realized that he was in it. Like from watching it, like I was like, "Shit, is that Charlie?" Like just the acting. <laughs> yeah, I love moment. how you can't say his second name. You know, you're just like, hum, hum, hum. <laughs> "Well, like it's Mark Mo's fault because of Charlie Hundrum." Uh, but uh, he was in the in the starring list on the in Wikipedia. But I took him out just so I could give you the review. Oh, that's good script writing right there. <laughs> oh, I see. Um. 
<laughs> very good uh i did not notice that i do i love him though because he's just such an asshole um but it feels real that's that every single character oh yeah like, he is that dickhead yeah. like that's the thing and like the thing is is well like the the whole like the um the fishes or whatever and like you know in the in theory there's they have something like what they're standing what they stand for or what their like general supposed principles are you know technically we should be sympathetic to them yeah. and what their cause is and like fighting for fighting for immigrants and everything but the yeah. fact is it's like like many of those movements in the end it all falls down because of like ego and and you know all the things that stop you know that like stop um underground movements from succeeding is and like he is that like fucking oh he is that dreadlock bro you know yeah. what i mean it's like you completely believe him and the guy that they bring just to be the goon because you yeah. need to have a goon there and it's like maybe because like he it might was be wearing the hemp, cousin or he whatever, might be yeah. wearing hemp shoes but uh <laughs> like also it's like the fact that like the human project is so like in the corner of your eye kind of thing that it's not really kind of explain who the human project really are and what they do really and yeah what power they have where do they get how Where's are the they funding? hidden whatever yeah like that and then whenever the boat shows up and there's something about kind of like um uh god what do you call the environmental earth oh greenpeace yeah there's something very greenpeace about that boat whenever they pull up and you're like hmm and then all looks very professional and, yeah. and you know in a way that's almost a bit suspect and like and then it's... the fact also that they missed the date and they uh, missed the time and clive owen goes don't worry they'll come back yeah uh, but also how clive owen even goes no matter what they say keep her close yeah and it's that even though you have the hope or whatever is that it's to say it's like pie in the sky it's just because you know that the other guys yeah are that's villain it. so you it, have no other hope it's the same thing of something like um 28 days later whenever they finally get to the um to the blockade and like the army take them in and it's the army have become as stir crazy as everyone else because they've been locked up in yeah. this house doing nothing with you know it's the same thing of like how easy and how frail any society is and yeah. how we're all at any moment as you know very very close to breaking down in the manner that's depicted in this film. Yeah. And like what he says about, uh, like whenever he first goes to Jap- Jasper's house, he says like, you know, oh, the world went to shit. It had already started before the infertility thing. Yeah. And that, that was really the thing that tipped everything over. Like everything else that was going on, like, you know, obviously they talk about like there was a flu pandemic yeah. or whatever and that's what killed Dylan or whatever. But all, you know, that that was the thing that ultimately sent everyone yeah, over Yeah, just right into the fucking antibiotics that are not working uh, Yeah, exactly. Like, that's... We're... No one... No, no element prescient. of... Um, yes. No no element of, of society is above um, these levels of uh, of um, corruption. What was the fucking human project joke, though, that they got like, oh, the... Oh yeah! Oh, I remember that. It's like uh, they're eating, and your mom is like, "Oh, what do you think that the babies are not eating?" It's like eating like this huge wing, and they go like, "Oh, this stork tastes kind of funny." We need to take a moment to talk about Michael Caine. Yeah, in a career with so many great roles and oh uh, moments, he's so great. This is by quite a margin his best performance. It's I think just so great, and you can't like that's the thing with the casting in this movie that. Uh, there's no person that is badly cast in this movie. No. And I think that, like, the fact that 
the two actors that have to do the most amount of like acting let's say the like taking brave choices let's say yeah is Jasper and Michael K as Jasper and Peter Mullen as Sid oh my god Sid when he's like again <sighs> Sid doesn't care yeah that <laughs> like that he seems to be from a different movie but he fits there because of his power as a policeman oh and yeah the fact yeah that, no, like because of the when yeah. as soon as you outside of of the context of Bex Hill he seems a bit odd but whenever you go in and they go they he puts them on the bus and everything yeah. which is like the most horrific thing ever and they're driving through these like fucking air hangers or whatever and there's like people in cages and oh god but um you really like fully and you see everyone else that's there and like you and that's it's like they're it's the little british army hats that they yeah. have and everything that makes it so believable it's, it's like there's it's 2027 they're not wearing like it's not star trek yeah. you know what i mean they're just wearing slightly modernized versions of the british army clothes now and it's just and even the way of like um the way that the um bex hill is set up and everything and it it, it doesn't look it just looks too close to what an army base would look like. Yeah. Looks like now. And uh, I, I love Sid. Um, and it's one of the saddest Jasper moments is whenever Sid's talking about him. Yeah. And he's like, oh, he'll fucking, you know, he'll bust his ass laughing when I tell him about this. That he like, you know, tricked them or whatever. And it's like, no, he won't, Jasper said. Like, obviously never going to be as poignant as whenever they stop a car and he gets shot again from a distance. Yeah. But again, it's like, Theo is positioned in between everything because it's like this incredibly wide far away shot of um of Jasper in the distance being shot but Clive Owen on the reverse is in the foreground and there in the background like at the car yeah and it's like it's oh god even when he's not going like he gives the 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 quiet the the suicide pills to his wife that is like already the goodbye ruby by the way anybody that hasn't seen the fucking official music video for the uh the italian version of ruby tuesday that is in this movie watch it because it looks like somebody just made it in movie maker and it's insane. like in a good way <laughs> as in like it has fucking star wipes and like different colors <laughs> like that it just turns into like red and like for Is no reason an like video? yeah like the, the singers and the it's really weird uh but um yeah like uh, the uh, michael Caine also the the moment my favorite moment in the entire movie is when he goes uh, uh would you prefer something more zen now and he starts playing like heavy metal it starts like going like, <laughs> like playing air guitar and it's, it's not heavy metal it's like something straight out of nathan barley like. yeah. <laughs> um yeah that's the thing about, like jasper has like obviously the soundtrack in this is unbelievable anyways but like just the choice of the Kings oh King. my god like, that yeah. sequence is just going like, into battersea <sighs> station for, and, like they have the pig from fucking Jesus animals Christ. just flooding in the background oh my god it's like yeah just in case you didn't didn't notice all the other orwellian references but um yeah like it that no but, uh, from animals from uh the the pink floyd yeah album, but that's yeah. from yeah that's from um animal, animal farm animal, animal, farm. animal <laughs> house <laughs> <laughs> no. do we give up when the germans bomb pearl harbor oh <laughs> no germans don't you can't stop him now <laughs> you mean nazis sorry um like all that and what's so interesting about the use of that song as well is that it's like diegetic and non-diegetic because it's it's like 
on in the soundtrack and then as if it's playing in the car and then as if it's playing when he's coming in and then as if it's playing like it starts diegetically the and then uh, yeah it kind of switches it's weird yeah. it's it's like that song is just incredible and like the imagery there as well with like the like very very low down in the car as it moves through the hordes of people yeah. and that's funny because there's like a shot looper that's not like a million miles away in theme where they're driving through and it's like all the impoverished people and just doesn't even remotely get the impact that that does. Like the going back to the world building that you mentioned, I think that the greatest thing that this movie achieves is immersion. And I think it is possibly the best film ever to immerse you in a world that you're not in because there's not a single moment that you get brought out of it. Yeah. And it's highly highly consistent and it's it's across everything like it's the visual style and and the color palette that is just muted and and muddy con consistently the whole way through like there's no every part of it is, is a gray sky and lends it this strange like cloud of of i don't even know how to describe it that's just like, like even when they're getting up in the farm and leaving that it's kind of like a nice morning kind of thing and, and yeah. muddy and terrible yeah like, and like and there's so much of him running through mud with yeah. no shoes on. with the flip-flops um or, or thongs as the australians would call no them. um <laughs> we're not in australia they're um, flip-flops but like what i think that the, like even the little details of where they bring uh the influences on obviously this has uh things to relate to something like Blade Runner uh, on the way they create the world. But something that Blade Runner never managed to do is that this movie, because just by cinema technique, manages to uh, make you feel that the characters are moving through this world, not the other way around. Yeah. It's not that the world has been created for these characters. As in, you can imagine what's just around the corner yeah. in this film you're you're you are in it like the, yeah. it's the idea of, of of that kind of level it feels of like you've been here before as well it feels yeah. that is a world that you could like get up out of your house and see it and um part of that i think is that the movie makes great pains to move away from the main characters at times and just yeah, point yeah, it yeah. At, the, at things the that camera work is like it, it you can come across as almost aimless but it's not like that it's that strange thing of like so often where from the very start really like where Theo's just going off and the camera will just slowly look at something else yeah like there's because there's whenever he gets off the train um whenever he first goes to see Jasper and they have like the cages and there's like the woman I think she's talking in German I can't remember and uh it's just like he goes off towards the, the exit and you see like the thing and everything and the camera just really really slowly goes over and there's just one really quick little shot yeah. of just her like pleading and that and that's it like but it's it's like you feel that at any moment the camera could just 360 the whole way around yeah. and no matter where it goes that it's all there yeah everything around and also you, it feels that like uh, even that character even like uh, when they go when he's talking about uh his ex-girlfriend that she turned into like this other religion and jasper is like oh which one is is that the ones that they do Our this not, yeah and then you but you saw them before 
Also, yeah, the like, crowd of them, yeah. which makes me very much think of the leftovers. I think that the of the aimlessness of the the camera work that you mentioned is also that it, it strangely becomes first person that you're unobservable without being documentary like either. See, it's not. It's almost that you're a companion to the story at times. Yeah, because it's it's all handheld, and like obviously there's some incredible sets pieces, but it's not handheld in the way of like Paul Greengrass, yeah. say where you're on very very long lenses all the time and everything feels like you're kind of like you know it's like over people's shoulders and that it's all very very tight and cramped and it's not that it's a more and it's at the same time doesn't have the kind of like sort of creepy fluidity of like david fincher yeah it's it's a different just sort of like drifting but ultimately very purposeful yeah in the way of a human eye but it also makes it a lot less noticeable than something like a like Terrence Malick or something of people just wandering around yeah because it is that does feel him yeah is that in in this it makes it feel but it almost disappears is that I didn't notice that the movie had this really long shots until uh Somebody told me, like, the second time that I watched it, it was like, Jesus, because I had read reviews after watching yeah. the movie. It's like, back in the day, like, I would just go and watch a movie. I didn't, like, have read anything or whatever. I had a lot more time. I used to go to the cinema two or three times a week. You didn't have a podcast yeah. <laughs> for people to tell you what to watch. No, it's more that I didn't have a full-time job. Or, <laughs> like, also, I didn't have money for any other thing but the cinema, because yeah. the cinema was, like, what, six year or five year student, for a student? Uh, yeah, for, all the good old days. So, like... But yeah, the, it kind of disappears also because it, it has constant reframing, especially on the, the, the bigger sh- shots that even though they're like masked one shot, like the when and the, the whole set piece of going up inside the building or out. But it's that it's not trying to call attention to itself as a long shot. It just becomes a long shot because it's following somebody, you know, it has yeah. that purpose. That's the point of it. Yeah. yeah. And it, and then but you're so focused on what is happening. Yeah. And it's so uh raw and intense that you're just worried about Theo getting shot not about how long the shot has been going yeah. on for it's not like for example the Dunkirk scene in Atonement for not one moment the beauty of that scene is that you're like oh they haven't cut yet they're, they're just yeah. kept going and but, then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger yeah, which and, is great no but, yeah but compared to this that it has yeah. like a similar kind of uh, approach to it is done in such a minimalistic way that Even it's not trying like, to Obviously, within that that set piece, like uh, you can, it, it is sort of masked by the fact that you are constantly moving, following someone, and like the thing in the car. What I didn't realize until watching it this time is that he gets out of the car, and the car and the camera follows him. Yeah. I never noticed that before because obviously, like you know, the whole thing where it's the three sixty and it's moving. It's obviously moving back and forward as well yeah. as going round 360. Um, but I never realized that he gets out of the car and the camera follows him. Yeah, when the cops get shot. stops yeah. and then the car drives off. I never noticed that. That's incredible. But even like watching it with such scrutiny before, I never noticed that because it's so... You're like just so concentrating on what's going on and you're just like, Theo, Theo, like, oh my God, Julianne Murray's dead. Oh my God, like, every time I watch that, I'm shocked and she gets shot. Like yeah. every single time and I know it's coming and I'm sitting there and it's just because she just it's so sudden yeah and he it's like and it's the way as well that because um, the way of the setup of that that it, it manages to get perfect shots 
and perfect two shots and then perfect singles and then perfect like mid shots of like yeah. the three of them like it, all within this one thing which is like and all within like one focal length I think as well mental yeah. but that whenever like it pulls back after she's been shot and it's almost like a almost like a profile two shot and he's like grabbing her neck and he's yeah. like you see his face and he's just like you know holy Jesus and it's oh god it's so intense like every and but even the scenes that aren't as flashy as that like whenever they break out of the farmhouse yeah that is so tense you know like it, part of that is like you said the the focal like the it's like nature obviously of the the fact that we've seen this movie so many times we were able to discuss more in depth what it is but something that is my issue with with the revenant was uh, how Lubeski uses uh, um, lenses that are far too wide so it, it no longer becomes like a eye viewing experience it calls attention to itself for how wide it is and everything is in focus etc so this is almost like a 50 mil like almost like perfect eye view of yeah yeah of what's going on it gives you that feeling of immersion that that i mentioned but also like uh, that I, I want to talk about is the, the the humanism thing i think that one of the best characters in the movie is marika the the gypsy woman that they, they oh my god whenever the... she turns up again after they come out of the building and like she gets them to the boat yeah and he's like you know and she's just like oh quickly and he's like get in the boat and she's just like no 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 and just sends them off like then you when you watch as well you realize that it's like you he trusts her yeah and he's like i'm gonna die yeah so she needs to be in the boat and she's like no 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 go yeah and every time that i watch it i always have the guessing game it's like when does he get shot <laughs> Because oh no, it, you see it. It's 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 fucking Luke or or, or what's his name? Um, yeah, yeah. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yeah. He shoots him because it's you see it whenever it's whenever he yeah like a, sp- a spot of blood goes yeah. in. But also it's that like I uh, I I think that it could be kind of misdirection as well because there's three or, there's two or three other moments that he gets yeah. shot at and blood uh, comes on the screen and it's the genius that because he's wearing flip flops and already hurt his uh, foot before smashing the limping, battery yeah. uh, on. Uh, oh god face. every time he steps and i'm like oh my god because you hear glass as yeah. well i was every time i'm like oh no like that oh the fact that he's in the fucking flip-flops and the fact that you forget he, you yeah. keep forgetting he wearing flip-flops even though there's the whole thing that's part of the torture like i didn't have the problem with die hard with him like stepping on glass and shit because like i wouldn't get as much like toe cramps as uh, you would get if you were like in fucking british winter and fucking brixton or whatever the fucking yeah just sort of um the thing about the whole like the the themes of it and and the the relevance and um i saw this great quote um i think from maybe last year uh on vulture where they were talking to koran and uh they were like oh you know what i think of the current relevancy of the of the film and of course he like shakes it all off or whatever but um uh there's a great quote from where he said what's really relevant now is uh to stop being complacent yeah. and like in the end it's the complacency of the normal people like in the way of like every film where we talked about like fascism or whatever um but i love that whenever he goes to visit his cousin and uh he's like you know how can you how can you stand all this and he's like i just don't think about it yeah you know and it's like and obviously he is he's in his ivory tower literally he's like looking down on london but um it's it's just such a strong statement. Oh, he's so of, like... annoyed that like <laughs> they didn't get to like a piece of art in time before like 
El Pieta, yes. But like it, it's even great as well. The when they do reveal like the snippets of the past that they do. Oh, the bouncy um, is so perfect. <laughs> when like uh, the like even when, how he uh, Clive Owen goes to Julian Moore uh, as soon as that he leaves the the newspaper room, that he goes, "Oh, where your parents in New York?" Yeah, but they never explain it. it when I ha- well, like they show like a, a shot of New York with a atomic well, bomb yeah, in the yeah. background, but like you just make the connection that way. But also, like the only real bit that they start start talking about what happened is when uh, the midwife starts talking about working mm, and when it was happening. And... That is like, and it's so realistic it's that it's so just eerie. like I got like a, a realized I didn't have any bookings in seven I seven called months my friend from now, and she so. had no bookings either. And then I called another friend and it's like this kind of uh, it's the the best bit on any movie that is like that is the did like something like fucking Night of the Living Dead when they're like on the TV and they don't know what the fuck is going on. But you have snippets of like people trying to piece it together mm. and then they don't reveal what really is, you know, like, oh, it could have been the comet, but it's just an educated guess. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that it's just uh. the, the idea of like just letting the audience put it together themselves and just giving them just enough but not just that's I hate that that idea of like you know it's the same within period piece as well of, of like being able to create a world without shoving it down the audience's faces yeah. and like constantly hitting you in the face with like references and you know it, it's it's all these things that are like embedded within the movie itself like oh it's just so good I love this film and uh, uh, just the, the the decision really of uh, both the book and this, obviously, the in the end, they do have one baby. Yeah. And uh, what do you think of that decision? What do you mean? What it means. For the future? For anything, for the movie, the, the future, for... I don't know. It's, it's kind of a bit like Snowpiercer, where in a way... It's hopeful, but in another way, it isn't because it's like what Theo says is that it doesn't matter if they find the cure now because in a way, like, the only way that humanity is ever going to be able to recover is to reset almost. Yeah. Which is kind of where they're going with before, you know, like, say we take her out of it. Yeah. That's where humanity was going. It was just going to end and then some, you know, something new kind of beginning would start. But like it's yeah so uh, i don't know it, it it it's almost like everything that theo's fighting for in a way is already gone almost <laughs> that like this baby is such a beacon of hope but hope for what for the future and it is a good future because it's i think it's a very clever idea the even the age gap the between the youngest but like the youngest were like like baby Diego was like 18 or 19 or whatever but it is explained that he's like the last but like the birth rates before him were drastically drastically dropping yes there's there's very very few people say under the age of 25 yeah or 30 and the fact that there's a reset there that my my view is that uh, Dylan or Bazooka uh, is not the only kid it's the same way the baby diego is the last one bazooka is the first the one first one of the new order and the thing is that it just 
stopped overpopulation. That is the, the root cause of every single human issue right now is overpopulation. And there's no way of fixing it. Mother Nature find a way. Yeah, but it, like if you... Like when they're talking about like uh, animals and such that they do in this movie quite a bit. And also there's a, a few allusions to hunting and such to like even how the fish are called fish and cod. And mm. they're all kind of uh, things that are, are in shows and in very delicate ecosystems. And nature finds a way of uh, blocking culling. something of not culling per se of blocking the the spread of like offspring to reset and it's almost at like 18 years or 19 or 30 years like we said that it's like would have would have been perfect also because the next generation as humans because we have uh clarity said this is a clean generation is that they missed all the shit they're not responsible of anything there's not like what generation what are millennials when do we see, like when is the line this the is, yeah, the line clear, that makes you is it 33 uh, is it 34 if you're 36 now are you still a millennial or not or is yeah. it 33 that there there's no clean break of being like we are the the world now and then also that there'll be like a fight of us versus them let's say but of them having but the like, right to go like a very clear cut old and new world yeah. like literally old and new it's world it's like you guys <laughs> are done now you have no rights because we have to fucking fix the shit that you did. But also just the culling of the, like the amount of suicides and wars or whatever. The world is completely depopulated. Only Britain still has a massive population. Yeah. So as it goes on, it'll be like, even if it's spread out, Britain will be kind of... And mostly it's that like Britain itself is even with like, say when they're talking about like the great flu or whatever, like, even that would have decreased. been hugely depleted. Like, yeah, yeah, and that most of it is just like all the survivors of all the other things that have gone on or like flooding Britain. But um, yeah, no, that's an interesting and much more hopeful idea than what I had in my head. But also, it's like the fact also that you can also repeat the mistakes of the past because they're, they're repeating well, that, the the mistakes yeah, of the past there. So kind of kind of what I mean. We're you know a complete cull in a way. Where, but then, what is human nature? Like yeah. we start again what happens you know like that this like, strange idea of like eden or something where yeah. we restart but what in the end what is our nature what is learned what is not what is inherent so what would happen with those babies on that boat and i, I do love also the the line when they that is a very throwaway line in the movie that they go uh, uh they'll never accept that fuji was the first one to have oh, a baby yeah. they'll get a some a, posh a, black woman, woman. Yeah. the thing is that it's like they're so afraid of foreigners that racial divides in society has almost kind of collapsed. And, yeah. And not to the extent, it's like as long as you have the British passport, it doesn't matter. Mm. You know what I mean? That it is like. It's a strange flip. Yeah, that is kind of. Still like, based within prejudice. Because then you see all the refugees, most of them are white as well. Yeah. And it's the idea that is like, we'll always find something to be prejudiced again. Yeah. If you're conforming in the same way that like the like jasper or theo are conforming that jasper stopped fighting because he lost his wife the same way that he's selling weed to a guy at bexel yeah 
Yeah. And it's the same way that Theo stopped fighting. And like Jasper accuses Theo of becoming complacent and unemotional, but Jasper is just more like to be honest theo is more truthful to his nature than jasper is because mm. jasper still thinks that he's like the, the yeah, rebel living or whatever in the woods, yeah in a secret house but in the end he's not he's still anything. like well like he's still uh fucking being part of the system just feeding drugs to the guy okay, and he's the of the system the same way as a snow piercer that you just if you're not breaking you're the system you're just being part of it uh what was your favorite thing um Probably the the script. I'd say, like, I think that is, uh, like, like you said, the like with Quarrel coming in and back and being perfectionist about it. But there's not like one bad line in the movie. There's not one bad moment. The pacing in the story per se, not only in the editing, is flawless. And I think that is not only like I I think it's one of the best films ever made. Like it's not just of this century. I think the much like. Uh, citizen kane or something i think that there's a before and after and you can see it in but in a way that something like blade runner couldn't do because blade runner has too many flaws yeah well there's <laughs> too many versions yeah <clears throat> but like this like for example you it, it's watching this that you realize the 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 issues that the road has as a movie mm. because they're like different like similar topics similar themes etc but um is that Quaron is able to make uh, both visually, but particularly on a screenplay level, um, what McCormick does in the novel *The Road*? That is like the the sense of like a world disappearing, like the last dying throes of a civilization, but feeling that you're there with it, like you're every step of the way there. And without the script being as tight as it is, all the production design and the great acting would go asunder let's say yeah but i do think that like the brilliance of this movie is that it's not just the script that it's the basis for just a bunch of really talented people all on the top of their game doing something that really mattered and i think that is a movie that would just gain in meaning and importance as we go forward in time and i think that um, even if we turn a corner and end up like in a world of green, let's say, <laughs> uh, uh, it's getting harder and harder, but Let's there's still hope. 8 billion. But if if even that happened, I think there'll be a movie that you look back on and go like, there were people that knew what was coming and what was needed. And I think that it is a call to arms in a way that I didn't think I didn't see it as when I was younger. Mm. But I still feel as it is now. No, and definitely not. Ideologically, I mean, yeah. It feels so fanciful or something, you know, like, oh, it's such a like it feels sci fi. But yeah. it is true that it was all there. Yeah, <laughs> it felt cool. And also, yeah, well, it's a the, cool movie. Like It's the kind of movie that is easy to watch. And also, like, as a schoolboy, you felt superior to people that hadn't watched it. You know, that you're like, I i've seen children of men you know like that <laughs> well you were your like fucking transformers movies now no children no, no, of no, men no. over here so what's your favorite thing oh i don't even know like very like all of it <laughs> okay that's a yeah, fair point yeah like just well like it's the, the kind of movie that is like if you t- it's like a jenga you take one fucking block yeah, and it can just collapse no it's <clears throat> I don't know if I describe it like that. It's just it's such a tight piece of work, and it 
it is a great example of of and we've said this before but it's just everything working together and i mean it's not it's not even a particularly long movie but it feels like it covers so much but while also focusing on such a small little like you know as you said it's really only two characters and like sort of julianne moore is the kind of like and you know jasper is a kind of a side as well but it's just very really just following these characters but it feels expansive within a very small running time like it's it's very very rare that you have a movie like this that is so dystopian and such a high like you know like with that kind of concept and the world building and everywhere where you go that doesn't need to be a miniseries yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like i didn't need that you know i would like it to be longer because i would love to know more you know i want a prequel a sequel i want to know more but at the same time it's like it, that for what it, it's in itself is the perfect I'm kind of surprised that they haven't made another movie set in this world or like a TV show or something like oh, that no, is no not... I'd hate that though yeah, no I'm not saying that I yeah. like it I'm surprised though but like I especially with something like even since if this ever really became as big as it ever should have been like I know at the time it bombed but yeah even... but when you see other like what is getting made now and called back the like being yeah. reassessed and such especially with something like Netflix that doesn't need like the numbers straight away like i suppose yeah. that like more people children of men was in netflix and for ages and like i reckon that a lot more people watched it there than they watched it when it was in cinema oh definitely yeah so i reckon that there there would be a desire let's also like just the fact that you could advertise and shit i'm not saying that it should be done but i'm surprised especially with like something like man in the high castle and uh and, yeah uh, handmade and still and shit that it's like something that oh we're not making a sequel it's just set in the same world and then you just pay fucking quaron like a zillion <laughs> euro just so to be like an executive make, producer you can make more of uh, those um, movies um so what's your least favorite thing uh <laughs> uh well like a, no, no yeah i think maybe like Baby could be like aged a bit, the CGI of the baby. That I didn't think that, like yeah, when it, but you when it happened. See it. Yeah. It's not. There's no. It's just. Yeah, it's not a fucking American sniper, but no, or Twilight bad. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I think yeah, like I don't. I can't really. Other than like the fact that obviously this is quite, it is depressing. No. <laughs> but yeah, maybe yeah. like the the only thing is like oh those airplanes didn't have to bomb the refugee camp. It just yeah. didn't make sense because the soldiers were in the middle of it. Friendly yeah. fire. That's that, that's, that's as about as, as far as I can complain about this movie. That is like, yeah, yeah that's looks cool though, <laughs> and it fits the the ending of the movie. But yeah, doesn't make complete sense. But fuck it, like yeah. <laughs> the ending is so bleak and great and yeah. wonderful that it makes up for. Uh, yeah. So that was uh, Children of Men. Yeah. Happy um, birthday, Ricardo. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a <laughs> important choice of the title as well that it's children of men and not women when it's fertility and issues. Mm. I was just thinking about that now. But <laughs> ding. <laughs> um yeah, like it, it's just it's marvelous. And if any sad person out there hasn't seen it, go watch it now and you'll I, God, I can't imagine watching this film for the first time now. That would be very Like, bizarre. I almost would want a kid just to, like, when they're 15, show them this movie. <laughs> All right. That's your new goal. Um, oh, just get, like, a really smart puppy or something. 
dolphin. Um, so all his children of man. If I got a um, dolphin, I'll call him Dolphin Lodrigan. So that was children of man. Um, Where can they find us, Arla? They can find us on Facebook, The Recommendation Game, on Twitter at The Rec Game. You can email us at TheRecommendationGame at gmail.com. You can find us on Dublin Digital Radio's Mixcloud and on Dublin Digital Radio at 11 to 12 on Mondays. And you can also donate to their Patreon. And next week's film is Ricardo's pick. Yeah, it's uh, Ingrid Bergman's. Uh, no, not Ingrid. Igmar Bergman's. I always say yeah. that as well. Uh, I'm sorry. Like it's the same wife, fucking name. Yeah, like, like uh, why? So teasing. I Bergman. There we go. Uh, persona. <laughs> very good. Very interesting. And uh, oh, I had the uh, top of my head pun. Uh, if I, I'm gonna open a, a piercing shop uh, for men only called Piers. Roseman. So I was ordered with you. I was Ricardo Deacon. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you next week.